Blog Talk Radio. Archangels, ghosts, and Bigfoot, oh my. It's just another night for Supernatural Girls. Real stories, real answers to life's biggest supernatural mysteries. And now, for another exciting interview with paranormal experts from this world and others. Here's your host, paranormal researcher Patricia Baker, on the one, the only, Supernatural Girls. Welcome, everyone, to another exciting episode of Supernatural Girls Radio. I'm your host, Patricia Baker, and I'm here with my co-host, Michelle Clare. Hi, Michelle. How are you tonight? Hi, Patricia. I'm doing well. I, you know, I've got an update on our guest that we were going to have tonight. Um, okay. Unfortunately, doc, yeah, unfortunately, Dr. Jeff is not going to be able to join us, his father, fell and broke him his hip, and he's actually literally at the hospital with him right now. Oh, no. Oh, that's terribly sad. Well, very yeah. sad to hear that, and we certainly wish the best for his father. My goodness, he must be elderly. Yes. And it's always very concerning when somebody breaks a bone at an elderly age. That's very, very challenging. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, well, so sorry to hear that news. family a lot of... Yes, sending them love and prayers and healing energy. May he heal quickly. Yes, absolutely. Well, that's too bad. Well, we can tell everybody about Jeff, and but first, let's talk about you and what you have coming up. Yeah, well, you know that's a, that's a wonderful question. Most of my events in April are online, and then in May I'll have in person sound and energy healing events if you're in the Phoenix area here in Northeast Scottsdale. So my website, michelleclaire.net, is the best place to go to see upcoming in-person events and online events. That is terrific. And everybody, don't forget, if you want a private reading with Michelle, I highly recommend you do this, then you can also reach Michelle on her website and you can book an appointment and you can have your own private reading. And she's great, as you know, so I wouldn't be recommending her. So feel free to go ahead and book a reading and talk to whoever comes through and whoever you want to talk to, because I know Michelle's really good about pulling people in to have those conversations. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Well, and you it's are so fun, too, because I connect, with, I connect with their angels, their loved ones, their life guides, some psychic information. So a lot of time in a reading, people will get all of that Yes, that's right. So, michelleclaire.net, that its last name is spelled C-L-A-R-E dot net. So, unfortunately, we won't be having Dr. Jeff O'Driscoll on the show. And, well, we're going to talk about him anyways, because he's just a tremendous person. And he went from being an emergency physician to being a soul healer. I mean, he just started receiving messages from spirit when he was still an emergency room physician. So these messages from spirit just added an incredible dimension to his work 
and placed him on the path of a true healer. So, unfortunately, we can't hear from him directly tonight, but we'll rebook him and have him back at another mm-hmm. time. Now, he did practice medicine, emergency medicine, which I think is, I think it's got to be the most challenging medicine to practice. And that was in a level one trauma center. And he did that for 25 years and served as department chair for eight. And he received his training at the University of Utah School of Medicine and completed his residency in Salt Lake City, Utah. He's board certified in internal medicine and is a fellow of the American College of Emergency Physicians. Now, he recently stopped practicing medicine because he wanted to pursue consulting and writing. And his recent books include a novel, Who Buried Achilles?, a series of children's books about Muck the Duck and Friends, sounds adorable, and his Mm award-winning memoir, Not Yet, focusing on his spiritual encounters in the emergency department. So really looking forward to talking with him, but you met him in person. So what was that like? Oh, my gosh. He is just the most amazing human. He is so kind and so patient and so, oh, my, you know, he, he, we had a, a great connection. We talked about his book, Not Yet. We talked about his experience of, of getting messages sometimes for people when he's getting ready to connect and work for them and kind of how spirit has helped him and guided him. And he, he's just, wow. Yes, definitely. I'm looking forward to having him on. So we'll rebook him. And, you know, a funny story I will tell you. I'll, I'll make it brief. But my husband was raised as an only child. No other brothers and sisters. And we both did 23andMe. And one day he was sitting in his office and he calls me on the intercom and says, get down here right away, right away. And I'm like, Uh oh, "Oh my God, what happened, right? So I run down Uh all these stairs and I'm like, what? And he goes, look at this. I have a half-brother. Now... He had no idea that he had a half-brother, none at all. Right. And so, anyways, he sent him an email, and there was no response. So a couple weeks went by. He got really mad, and he was like, well, you know, I tried. I'm like, wait a second. We don't even know if he got the email, because you can only send emails through the 23andMe site. So you never know. Did mm-hmm. it get to the person or not? Right. I said, I'll track him down. I'm a good detective. I'll find him. Well, it took me a little while, about, you know, four weeks of searching, and I kept getting drawn to a physician in New Orleans. So mm-hmm. I made a few phone calls, wrong number, no, he hasn't worked here in a long time. And he was an emergency room physician. So... That's what made me think of all of this. And I did ask him, I said, if you want to hear the show tonight, I think you'd really enjoy it. Anyways, I got a message back from one of my voicemails that I left on a New Orleans number. And he said, we have to talk. And here's my number. So the next day, um, my husband took off for a car show that was planned and I called him, and we had we talked for two hours to figure out what in the world happened. So it was quite 
an involved story, but he's a wonderful half-brother. And we still haven't met him because then COVID hit. So you know how that went. Yeah. But we've been in touch. You know, we, we talk on the phone, we text. And it's really, really funny how alike these two men are, never having met each other. Isn't it amazing? It's amazing, Michelle. (laughs) We have these two big lions in front of our entryway. Well, so does his brother. And we have a gargoyle. Yeah, same thing. And then we have a gargoyle down at, so does he. The same one. I mean, the exact same one. (laughs) The same one. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, if, you know, some of the very same interests. But anyways, he was an emergency room physician and a director of the emergency center for many, many years. He's now retired from that. But, yeah, it was the strangest thing. I, I still think my husband is still wrapping his mind around it all. So we are so looking forward to meeting him, and we hope it will be the spring, summer when the weather turns good up here. And anyways, mm-hmm. so you never know. I mean, these, this, what can happen with these genetic testings? It's, it's truly amazing how it can unearth all kinds of family secrets. So, Oh, my goodness. We've, you listen, that is we a found very one. good point. I've had, did it, yeah, you found one. And I've had so many clients come to me after their parents have passed away and they've done these, you know, 23andMe or Ancestry.com tests, and they come and they're like, did my dad know about my half-siblings? Did my, you know, it's so interesting because before these tests, those secrets went to the grave with people, and most people never found out. And that's a different world because now people are finding out all the time. And so it's very interesting. And, you know, when I connect with spirit on the other side, when I have clients that come and ask about this, some of the spirits are very well aware and new. And they were like, oh, yeah, no, I planned on taking that secret to the grave with me. And other <gasps> ones are kind of like, what? I didn't, you know, didn't seem to know. Um, so it's really interesting. Yeah, that's a whole range of reactions. Well, I can see where some might not have known. But, I mean, why mm-hmm. take something like that to the grave? I know way back it was it could have been a source of shame or whatever, but times have changed. I mean, even in the last, I would say, 20 years forward, it's no longer something to be ashamed of. It's just it is what it is. So mm-hmm. I, still, I just can't get that of why take it to your grave. But no kidding that you heard that said, hmm, <laughs> yeah. It's I know it's yeah. pretty interesting. <laughs> it really is. And you know, you're such a godsend because once they've passed, you're you're the only way. You and I know other mediums too. It's the only way to get any closure on any of this and find out what they knew, what they didn't know is to to talk to you and have you talk to them and get it figured out. Yeah, you know, I think it is really helpful when people are ready. And sometimes it's not even that people need, you know, big questions like that answered, but just knowing, too, that their loved ones are okay and still connected to them is such a healing gift. You know, I have a question. Why would people think that their loved ones weren't would not be okay? I mean, they've dropped the body, so there's no more pain, suffering, mm-hmm. anxiety, whatever. Why wouldn't they be okay? 
Oh, my goodness. Okay, so as a medium, I don't see reasons why they wouldn't be okay. But from our human world, we have lots of reasons why they wouldn't be okay. Maybe um, this person was an atheist. Maybe this person was supposed to be, um, was a religious person but didn't follow their religion. Maybe, you know, so, so a lot of times people worry about their loved ones in spirit or a lot of times when they transition themselves by suicide, so, you know, a lot of religions teach that as like, it's a sin, it's murder, right? And so um, there are many, many reasons why people worry about their loved ones. Sometimes they worry because they had a traumatic passing. And so they're wondering if they can be at peace if they left their body that way, right? In such a harsh oh, way. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. And so there, so there are a lot of different reasons why people worry about that. But here's the thing I find every time their loved ones are okay their loved ones are okay. And, you know, it's interesting because when my mom was dying of breast cancer, I was raised Catholic. And mm-hmm. towards the end, um, I thought I would share really good news for her with her. And I, and I said, Mom, I said, I want you to know there's no such thing as purgatory. I have never had one spirit come to me and say, contact my family. I just got out of purgatory. And my mom glared at me. I gave her what I thought was good news, but she was <laughs> yeah. not ready to hear that. Like I was like, Hey, oh, get no. out of jail free card. You just get to go there. You know what I mean? So, yeah. So I think that that's kind of why, and I, I would also say this, we have a lot of ghost stories that people get interested in and you can watch this on TV and all of this now. And so there are people who, who worry like, did their loved one go into light? Are they wandering trapped in this earthly realm? Um, so there are a lot of reasons why people actually end up worrying about their loved ones. And one of the most common fears I hear is they're worried that their loved ones are alone on the other side. Are they alone over there? Oh, okay. Hmm. Yeah, well, I can understand that. Yeah. Oh, my. Yeah. And you the know, answer is no. They're not alone over there. They're not. And they're good. And and the majority of, of souls effortlessly transition into life. So, um I think it's a very safe assumption for people to assume that their loved ones are doing extremely well and surrounded in light. Yeah, that's very comforting, I'm sure, to everybody. Yeah, it, I can understand what you're saying. It does make sense now as to why there would be that level of concern. And what about with people's pets? Do people's pets meet them when they die? Oh, my goodness. Absolutely. And it's so, oh, absolutely. Yes. I mean, they're usually the first ones up in line, the part of a grieving (laughs) committee, right? Um, And it's funny because sometimes I'll read for people who have had, you know, a lot, many, many animals during their earthly life. And they come to me and they want to connect with mom. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, my my house feels like it's filled with like animals, like all kinds of animals, birds and pigs and, you know, and oh yeah, I love animals. So yeah, it's, it's not just contained to our dogs or cats or horses. There are, I mean, animals of all kinds. They're all in the light on the other side and they all show up to greet us when we get there. Oh, that's great. That's very nice to know. Definitely. You know, yeah. yes, in my second near-death experience, I actually saw my white German shepherd who had transitioned did a you? couple years before. I did, oh. and he was the one who came to get me during surgery. Too bad Dr. Jeff's not here. We could talk about this, but... Yeah, <laughs> anyway. I know, really. Yes, I was, Dr. Jeff is yeah, missing out in, here. We got the good stuff. 
<laughs> yeah, well, well, we will talk about it all again. But I was in surgery and under anesthesia, and I saw her walk into the room and lay her head on my gurney, and the next thing I knew, we were gone on this beautiful beach. Um, and so mm. part of that near-death experience was spent with her, but she was the beautiful being of life that came to get me, that took me to this other realm. Oh, so she was your so, guide. Yeah. Yeah. For, yeah, she was for part of that one. And so, it, so it's just beautiful. And I, and I think, too, you know, we all have certain animals over our lifetime that touch our heart at a deeper level. Um, yeah. And with that, uh, she's definitely kind of my soul dog. I don't know what else to call her, but I love my animals. But I had just a more special connection with her. And so it was just amazing to see her be there to greet me. That That is incredible. You know, we had a guest on the show. I, I hate to say this. I can't remember her name, but I think the name of her book was Soul Dog. And mm-hmm. she was not a dog person. She lived in New York City, and mm-hmm. but then she had this horrible car accident, and she just had this idea in her head she had to get a dog in New York. So mm-hmm. she ended up getting this dog, and, and it was her, her soul dog. It was an amazing story, and she was a producer, television producer, and she she wrote a beautiful book about it and was wonderful to have on our show. And while we were all... I know I just told you this the other day, we, the story, while we were all on the show together, we hear this dog bark. Now, mm-hmm. my dogs were not in the room, and PK didn't have any dogs, and her dog was lying at her feet sound asleep, and we all heard this mm-hmm. dog bark, and she said, that was my dog. That was my soul dog who passed. I recognized her bark. I mean, it was the most incredible moment that her dog came back to join us on the show. There was no other explanation for this dog barking. So it it was a great moment. And it's all on tape. I mean, it it all came out in the recording of the show. So Yeah, that's amazing. Well, if we don't have Dr. Jeff tonight, we could open up the lines and do some readings if anybody wants to call in for that. We could, if anybody would like to call in, I can do that. And the phone number to call in is 563-999-3539. Again, that's 563-999-3539. And, again, since people weren't prepared for that, we may not get very many calls, if at all, but we can look into some things that are a bit mysterious, if you'd like. And one of them is a case of a a missing person. And she's Mm. one of the missing identified by David Paulides in Missing 411. And she disappeared in Yosemite probably 30 years ago. She was on a horseback riding trip with her father. I think she was about 14 or 15 years old. And... She was going to take some photographs down by the lake, and she said, Dad, I'm just going to go down here. And there was an older gentleman with them, and he was going to take a walk with her, but he ended up sitting down somewhere, and she continued down to the lake, and she was never seen again. And the only Hmm. thing they ever found was a cap to her camera. Now, I'll give you a a warning on this. 
I could not find her on the other side. And David Polites has worked with a lot of mediums, a lot of psychics and remote viewers. Nobody's been able to get anything on these missing people that he has identified because they all go mm-hmm. with kind of a certain, you know, there's, there's a weather event, there's uh, the dogs can't track the scent. There's a whole bunch of things that have to fall into place before he will look into the case. And Stacy mm-hmm. Ann Aris is one of them. So I uh, looked into this at one point with uh, Becky Andreessen when she was alive and George Lugo. This is a very unusual case. So I'm just wondering if you get anything on it. Yeah. So are they, Are they? my guess would be, are they thinking this is like, is this a missing person as in where is her body? Or is this like, was she abducted by aliens question? Well, it's more we know? either was she abducted. Mm-hmm. See, now David doesn't get into what exactly happened because he doesn't speculate on any of this. He just gives the facts. Right. He's a good detective. Here's the information. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are a lot of theories. There's a theory of UFO abduction. There's a theory of passing through a portal and getting mm-hmm. very disoriented and never finding their way back. And there's also uh, some speculation about underground civilizations and beings that just take people. So there's a lot of different mm. thoughts as to what can happen. Um, but whatever's happening, it doesn't seem like these missing people can be found on the other side of the veil. It's like they're not there. But mm. where are they? So she's right. one of them. Yeah, that's really interesting. Because here's the thing. I'm not really getting information from her right now. So I would agree. Like I'm, I don't feel like I'm connecting with her. But your soul mm-hmm. should be able to transcend time and space and dimensions. So it wouldn't matter where she is. You should be able to connect with her, even if she's in a different dimension or a different, let's say she got abducted by aliens or wherever. There should be able to be a connection that's made because it's made through a soul connection. And our souls right. are already multidimensional. Well, I can tell you this, hap- this one thing happened. I mean, when George and Becky and I would all get together, and Becky and George were, like you, very talented mediums, um, we felt that we did get in touch with her, and we did sense that she wanted to come back. But here's mm-hmm. what happened. I was standing in my kitchen, like the next day after one of our American School sessions, that's what we called it, and mm-hmm. I heard the doorknob turn. doorknob is very distinctive, and I was standing just a few feet away from it, and I I, I just said, I'll, I just blurted out, Stacy, and it stopped. There was nobody there. Hmm. But I think we came very close with her. Yeah, I think you did too. It's interesting. You probably just needed one or two more sessions like that, and you might have been able to make yeah. that connection. I, I, you know what, my, my, the energy that I'm feeling is I don't feel that she is in body somewhere. Uh huh. So I, I, I do feel like she has um, transitioned, but I don't know the details on that. Yeah, that's thirty years have passed. It, it also, you know, it feels to me like you know that television show. What's it called? 
and it wasn't called missing. It's the one where the plane uh, disappears for a number of years and then returns. It's, it was on broadcast. Uh, oh, wow. You know, it was on like was a network long? show. No. Um, God, what was the name of it? It's really good. And anyway, so these people all return in the same plane. And, of course, the world has continued around them. They haven't aged at all. And it's a great story. So, And there's been stories about that, a plane that has uh, disappeared, can't find any wreckage, and then it shows up years later in, like, South America trying to land and then never lands. So there are stories like that uh, that exist. Mm -hmm. And nobody has any explanation for what has happened to those people if they're just going from... They're just caught in a time loop or they're just trying to find a place to land and they never can because everything looks so different from when they left. Really, really mm-hmm. interesting stuff. Yeah, that really is. Yeah, a time rift, right? Where they're caught yep. in an area that's not connected to the rest of us. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, it's, you know, these uh, these particular cases that David has identified, he's identified thousands of them. They all, uh, they're all fascinating to me. And yet at the same time, I feel a lot of sadness for the families that never got any resolution mm-hmm. with any of this. And that's the hardest part, I think, is the families left behind that just don't know what happened to them. I would agree with you 100% on that. At least when you know your loved one has transitioned, um, there is some, I don't know, some completeness in that. You're not wondering. You're not worried about them. Because I think as a parent, too, or just anyone, if someone I loved went missing, you would hold out this hope forever that, oh, my gosh, maybe they had a mental break and they're living in a population that I'm not looking for them in. Or maybe you would always, always be looking Yes. Yeah, looking and hoping that someday they would just turn up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just, yeah, it, it's heartbreaking. And I know that these cases for mediums, uh, even just regular cases of murders or whatever, uh, are very tough cases to do. Do you do any of those? Um, you know, I, I did. I did one cold case. I was invited to work on it. Um, it was one in Australia, so I worked on it from Arizona. And, I will, and I'll be really honest with you. It took an emotional toll on me, different than a regular reading would, because there's a lot more uh, dark energy involved in these cold cases and in, in these missing people situations. And, um, and so the, this, this young boy came through. Um, he gave me phenomenal information. He said, you need to find me. My mom needs, my mom needs to know where I am. Um, mm. So he gave me a lot of information. And he, you know, this is what I would say was beautiful about it. From this spirit world, he is working with multiple mediums to help us find his body to bring his family closure. So he's still connected. He's in the light. He loves them. And he's trying to help us. But, yes, there's certainly an emotional weight that I felt in this case that I would not feel in the usual typical reading. And what happened to him? Was he kidnapped or did he have an accident or what happened? 
Well, you know, I can't, I can't actually talk about it too much yet because we're, we're, they have not um, recovered his body yet. And, oh, okay. Um, but it was not a – yeah, but it was – it's actually an active investigation. But I will just tell you this. It, it was not an accident. There's certainly foul play involved. Oh, that's awful. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my yeah, goodness. It is awful. But I think there are so many cases like this, right? I mean, even people, so I live in Arizona, and we have a lot of um, people that cross the border uh, through the desert, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. and they find bodies out there all the time. There's somebody in South America or wherever wondering what what happened to their child or to their husband or to their wife or to their, you know, whoever their relationship is. So it's actually a very huge and expansive um, field for people who go into that, into the forensic side of that and finding it and getting the answers. Yeah, I know it's not easy. I, I have a lot of friends who are mediums that won't touch it because of that. They're, I know one who said to me, I can't do it because I can't get the images out of my head. And once I go looking mm-hmm. for these bodies, I, I just can't get, you know, get rid of it. It's there, you know, especially gruesome if they were murdered yeah that's like i can't i can't even think how you would deal with something like that because those images are so powerful and they really stick yes and they really do so i've done readings for people whose loved ones have been murdered but i'm not searching for the murder trying to find the body you know all of that's already been completed and so it is a yeah. different energy because then I can focus on them being in the light, on their messages today and, and all that. But but I do believe it is a heavy energy. And, and the other thing, too, which is um, interesting is law enforcement regularly uses psychics and mediums, but never um, gives them credit for helping crack the case or bringing in the missing piece of information. That's a shame. Gosh. Yeah, you guys deserve but credit just, for the work you're doing. Is. Yeah, I mean, well, I know they're, they're afraid it of it. Yeah, they're afraid of of talking about it because they might think that there's going to be some stigma attached to what they're doing. But really, I think so many cases not only are they solved by mediums, but they're solved by other people trying to help the police. It's so. Mm-hmm. That happens a lot. It's, I don't know. Are the police able to solve any of these without help? You know, help from the community, help from knowledgeable people, or help from mediums? Why not accept the help? Yeah, yeah. It's in Arizona. I, well, I believe this is an Arizona-based group. There's a group called Find Me, and it is oh, yes. um, for people who are in some similar situations like this. They have psychics and mediums, I believe, all over the country, maybe even all over the world, who um, they'll go through and they they finally choose like cases that they think they can help, and then they'll they'll have all their people. Um, I don't know how much information they give them, if they just need a name or what they need, but they'll give them whatever they do. And then they've they've actually been quite successful. Yeah, we've had them on the show. And, yeah, it's amazing some of the work that they've been able to complete. It's it's really great. I know once um, I had a phone call from a a mother whose son went missing, and he was young. Mm -hmm. I think he was only around 17 or 18 years old. And... She wanted some help, so I sent her to George Lugo, and 
he gave her a lot of information, and then he called me and said, please don't ever send me another case like this. <laughs> oh, no. Like, Why? Why huh? not? I know you could solve it. And he's like, <laughs> because. It's so, it, it just tears at my heartstrings. It's so, you know, it's so difficult to to have to tell somebody, yes, your son left the house with a gun and he did commit suicide and this is where you can find the body. Right. So, yeah, he says it's just so hard. And I then I felt bad, you know. It's like, oh, no, what did I do? Mm-hmm. But but here's the thing. Uh, they did not find the body right away. He told them exactly where to look. I don't know if they didn't look there or whatever, but he said the body would be covered up somewhat by leaves and... Uh, that's and he's under this particular bridge, and they did about a year later find him. So wow. they did get their closure, not at all what they wanted, and but George was a hundred percent on. But again, like you're talking about, the emotional toll of something like that is is very very devastating for the mediums involved. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, well, yeah, I think it is. I mean, and I did my best to not feel it, right? Because sometimes I really will feel emotions from spirit or from the person I'm working with. But it is. It's mm-hmm. a happy situation. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you helped me with the UFO abduction stuff also, which was a little more fun. <laughs> And well, yeah, fun in some ways. Let's talk about you being abducted. That's more fun. <laughs> yeah, we'll oh. get on to that. So, um, yeah. as I mentioned, we we had another medium on the show, and he brought it up and said you've been abducted. And I was like, okay, I don't remember anything. And as you know, I have been told repeatedly by a number of abductees that I was one of them. And I'm like, God, I'd love to be a member of your club, but I don't remember anything. So thank you, mm-hmm. but I don't have anything in my little memory bank that says that this ever happened. But then you come on the show and you tell me the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, great. <laughs> so this must have written, now I have to really think about this one. Um, but you also shared some interesting pieces of information. You did say that I wasn't like emotional, hysterical or anything like that, but I was paralyzed remember mm-hmm. saying that well yes vaguely this was a while okay. ago but i do this is a while ago all right well if you get any any new insights do let me know but here's what happened after that as you know i've been a dream analyst for many many years and i thought well i'm going to dream on this and you had told me they had wiped my memory but my soul would always remember so mm-hmm. i kept asking for a dream said, show me what happened. And for a while, I didn't get anything. And then I had a dream that I was in my pediatrician. I was a a child, and I was in my pediatrician's office, Dr. Ushkow. That was his name. And I loved Mm -hmm. Dr. Ushkow. (laughs) He was such a nice man. He was just a really nice guy, and I, I wasn't afraid of him. I just really liked Dr. Ushkow. So in my dream, I'm with Dr. Ushkow in his office. But I look at him again, and he's tall. And I'm thinking, well, maybe this is his son because Dr. Ushkow was very short. So then I look mm-hmm. again, and I see his eyes. 
and one of them turns into an alien eye. And then I was like, okay, now I know what's happening. They've convinced me that I am safe with Dr. Rushkow, but I'm with them. I'm with the aliens now. Mm-hmm. Now, I have my medical yeah. records also. And when I was 10 years old, I woke up one morning and I was paralyzed. I couldn't move. Mm. And my mother came in to get me up for school and I could not move. And she literally dragged me to Dr. Rushkow. <laughs> and he didn't know what was wrong with me. He couldn't find anything wrong. He said, well, she doesn't have a fever. And she's just, he said, well, I'm going to call it vertigo or something. And if she, here's the, here's the fun part about, you know, medicine from that long ago. And if she's not better in the morning, we'll just take out her appendix. <laughs> so, oh, gosh. <laughs> That cures everything right there. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. That's what they did back then, right? Well, just take something out Mm -hmm. and everything will be fine. So thank God (laughs) the next morning I regained uh, movement. I was able to be mobile again. But I thought this is all connected. This is what happened. I must have been taken at night, returned to my bed, but Mm -hmm. I was still in a paralyzed state. So it all started to fill in the blanks for me for this experience with Dr. Rushkow and then turning into a, what he really was, which was an alien. Mm-hmm. Wow. So that's my story. That's I'm sticking to it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I wouldn't have gone there had you not shared this next piece. And, you know, especially the match with telling me that I was paralyzed and then looking back in my medical records and seeing I actually was. Yeah, that's amazing. And then I talked to Daryl. Well, I don't think it was meant to last. No, I don't think so. It was just, it lasted longer than they maybe thought it would, but it wasn't meant to last. Exactly. Exactly. I'm looking forward to you remembering, like, more of that experience. I would like to remember all of it. I would Mm -hmm. like to remember all of it because, as you know, when people have suppressed memories those memories continue to affect you even you don't even have to know anything about them but they have a hold on you it's not a good thing if you have anything that's repressed so i would love to pull up the rest of this stuff and and find out more and i don't think it was just that one time either yeah so now the other interesting piece is i used to be the tallest girl in my class i was just you know tall and mm-hmm. after that, I kind of stopped growing. And both my brothers mm-hmm. are over six feet tall. When I was born, they're like, oh, she's going to be tall. And you know, my brothers, you're going to be tall. And we were all supposed to be tall. But after that event, I just didn't grow at the same rate anymore. And I just stopped growing. So I'm a shrimp. I'm like 5'3". <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, you've got me my, by three inches. So that's I've got good. you by three. Oh, my God. Yeah, <laughs> we're both in the feet. And I don't think I was abducted. I think this is just the way God made me. So, <laughs> yeah, well, that you're perfect. So that's fine. Yeah, but it's it's really that was an interesting other piece. And when I was talking to Daryl Sims, who's the alien hunter, and he's been on the show a bunch of times, love talking to Daryl. He's worked with so many abductees. And I said, what about this? 
Daryl, with the uh, not growing part. And he goes, yeah, we've had it both ways where abductees will stop growing or they'll have a tremendous growth spurt in a very short period of time. He said, we've had it one way or the hmm. other way. So he said, yeah, that can be a part of it. But he also has a list of other things like craving salt is part of it for abductees. Hmm. I do like salt, yeah. So he's got mm-hmm. quite the list. It's very interesting what he's put together with all of his research through the years of these folks, and I guess I'm one of them now. So, yeah. And then I was talking to Bob Luca, Betty Andreasen, Luca's husband, and he said the paralysis is also something he experienced as an adult after an abduction. So I guess mm-hmm. they they overdo it a little bit <laughs> when they return us. Mm-hmm. You know, we we stay that way, I guess, for, you know, we can for quite some time. Wow. Yeah, and I guess the, the point of that would just be to examine you closely or run whatever tests or do whatever they're doing and keep you right there. Yeah, so that you don't freak out and cause mayhem on a spaceship. That would be a bad thing. Like Travis uh-huh. Walton did. He got up and started swinging at everybody. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, he did. Because he was, again, very disoriented, didn't know what the hell happened. And that's that's how he reacted. But, mm-hmm. again, um, that's, that is as far as I've gotten with that particular journey. There was another time, I remember, when in my first marriage we were, my husband and I were driving in the south. I'm thinking we were going towards Hilton Head or away from Hilton Head. I don't remember which. And when we were going on to the highway on-ramp, there was an owl sitting in the middle of the road. I'll never forget this. And I feel like that's also connected to another experience because, as you know, aliens can imprint your mind with owls and, and make you think it's an owl when it's not. It's them. Mm-hmm. So that's my only other memory that I've had for a long time, and I've always wondered about that because the owl has stuck with me for so long. I mean, you think, oh, right. big deal. You saw an owl. Who cares? You know, they're everywhere. <laughs> but this yeah, owl kept right? my attention all the time. on that soul level. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think when so. When it gets attention on, your, on a soul level, you know that it's something significant to you, no matter what that is. So if it's if it's a word that you hear, if it's a color, if it's a scent, if it's just something somebody's talking about, and all of a sudden you feel it on this soul level and it sticks with you, it is something big for you and as an individual. Yes, I think you're right. That's absolutely true. Otherwise, it would just be cataloged with all the other memories as inconsequential. But this had some right. other meaning. Yes. There were a number yeah. of cases in Alaska where and this these were really really spooky, not nice cases where people ended up uh, being physically hurt, and they had the owl imprint. You know, they they just kept saying under hypnosis, I, "It's an owl, it's an owl, it's an owl," and then they'd completely freak out when they realized it wasn't an owl. But this, there were mm. like hundreds of these cases that occurred in Alaska, very remote part of Alaska. Well, Alaska's remote, so. <laughs> I'm not sure exactly mm-hmm. where it was, but yeah. And that was a very spooky thing. 
and how they used owls like that. And they they weren't kind to the people that they were abducting at all. It, it was rough, very rough stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So wow, that's so interesting one. because you know there are some nice ones out there. There are some not so nice ones out there, and. Um, yeah, it's just it's its own field of research, isn't it? You know it is. Justin? And unfortunately, we are all uh we all have a kind of a little piece of the puzzle, but our government is sitting on so much information that they refuse to divulge. And it makes it harder. So it it creates room for people that are faking stuff. It also, I mean, the government has their own department of disinformation. So you have that to contend with, but it's so it's hard to sort out, mm-hmm. and it's hard to know what to trust. I know with East Eddy Ranch, we interviewed the guy from East Eddy Ranch in California, and he said, now they have sightings there and encounters all the time. He said they figured mm-hmm. out that spaceship had a blue color around it. It was fine, but the red ones, the ones with the red, Energy, stay the hell away from. Those were really unfriendly and dangerous. Yes. Mhm. Mhm. So that's what he shared with us. But they have everything going on at that ranch. They have Bigfoot sightings and encounters, as well as the alien stuff. I mean, it sounds like an interesting place to take a trip to. That's for sure. Yes. <laughs> It really does. <laughs> you yeah. literally don't know what you'll see, right, or what you'll find. <laughs> you know you're going to see something, that's for sure, at mm-hmm. East Eddy Ranch. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many so many encounters out there. I know uh, there was another ranch in Arizona up near you um, called the Alien mm-hmm. Ranch. John Edmonds and his wife owned it. And unfortunately, I have to tell everybody, John passed away. Uh, within the last few weeks, very sad to tell you that everybody, but John did mm. pass away, and he encountered aliens there that were were not nice either. They were kind of like teenagers; they were just playing pranks and and not being, you know, just being invasive and doing mm-hmm. things that were uncomfortable for both him and his wife. In fact, he ended up getting a sword and stabbing one of them and. And oh my I mean, he had all kinds of, yeah, really wild encounters. And he did say that he felt the aliens were there because of a special kind of a spring they had underneath their land. There was some special water there, some special minerals there that drew them to that area. So but they had all kinds of encounters. They They had encounters with men in black that would show up at their ranch, tell them to stop talking about this. So quite the adventure. <laughs> Yeah, he said, well, you can come out, and, you know, I'm like, no, thank you. I don't think I want to. <laughs> Appreciate the invitation, like, let John. me know when the nice ones come. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my That's goodness. right. But it felt, you know, it really did feel when he was talking about all this, and he was on the show a bunch of times, it felt like he was talking about these bad teenagers. You know how teenagers are. You've had them. So. <laughs> I did, yeah. They, they they just get into mischief. They and they're always testing the boundaries, always testing the limits. So that's what it was like. Now I'll be interested to see if his wife wow. Joyce keeps it or moves on. But yeah, but that place is up near you, in Arizona. 
Hmm. Yeah, I'll have to find out where it is. Yeah. I'll I'll give you the address. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And also in Arizona. I was going to say there's a lot of um, people that say they see, see UFOs up by Sedona area here, too. Yes. And they they claim that there's a lot of Pleiadians that live up there, that actually live there. Mhm. I mean, it's got great energy, so why not, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, and you were on Jerry Will's show, right? I was, yes. And, you know, I think Jerry's half Pleiadian. I swear he's got to be. But he's seen Pleiadians up there. Wow. That's amazing. He, he didn't... Talk about that? Yeah. We, don't, we didn't talk about that that night, but I would love to hear about that, yes. Yeah, I, yes. And, you know, he and his wife, Kathy, have traveled in South America, and I think they saw some there, too. So, yeah, it's, you know, there's, I've heard of groups of them, even in the U.K. I've heard of experiences where somebody will be on a train, and mm-hmm. they'll notice that there's this group of people and they look a little different, but they all move at the same time. They'll turn their heads at the same time. It's just odd. Hmm. And when they came to a certain stop, they all got up at the same time and exited. Yeah. It, it was just bizarre. And this person felt that it was totally alien energy. So there's been a number of stories like that that have come out of the U.K., Yeah. Well, I mean, and they had, didn't they have the crop circles over there at one point in time? Oh, yeah. They've been there. I think they've been in a lot of different countries. What do you make of that, okay. the crop circles? I, you know, it's interesting. I do think some of it was man-made at times as um, just kind of like a, a copycat type thing. Um, but mm-hmm. I also think some of them are legitimate. Yeah, I think so, too. See, that's because what I mean. I when have you, have been... these, you know, when you have these people making stuff up and then saying, oh, it's, it wasn't us, it was aliens when it was really them. I mean, that's the kind of stuff I can't stand because it muddies the water so badly. It makes everybody look mm-hmm. bad when people do things like that. Yeah, it really does. But I think aliens have been visiting planet Earth for eons. Eons. Oh, yeah. You know? um, and so it... it it, and I think that at one point in time, it was actually probably, you know, I mean, thousands of years ago, but it was probably a well-known um, thing, and nobody was hiding that fact. It was just like, oh, here yeah. they come. Okay, let's see what they're bringing today. You know, it wasn't <laughs> thought of as a bad thing or a secret. It was just like, oh, what are they going to teach us, or what are they going to show us, or what are we? So I, I don't, there was, I don't know at what point in history that changed where it went from us all living in harmony with them to now they're a secret. But at some point that mm-hmm. certainly happened. Yeah. And it, I think the actual secrecy program did start with Eisenhower. That's quite possible. I'm sure there was something even before that, but Eisenhower apparently did meet with them several times and then came away with this big thing about, no, you can't tell the American public about this and put this big secrecy project into place. So, again, all of this is still so classified. We can't get to the actual documents, but a lot of people have come forward and talked about it. 
anecdotally, and it does appear that that did in, in fact happen. So we're still under this cloud right. of secrecy today. I don't like that. It's not fair. It's part of our history. Yeah. It's part of who we really are, I and mean, we deserve to have that information. I agree with you on that. I, I, I think it's interesting because I think that there are a lot of questions that people have, and yet there's a huge amount of society that's not ready to hear the real answer. Um, and so whether this challenges your religious beliefs or your personal beliefs or you're feeling secure in the world, um, I think that is part of why some of these decisions are made. But I, I believe a lot of them are made trying to protect the greater amount of the population, but it, but it is still information that's being withheld that should be shared. Oh, definitely. Yes, I think so. And I think years ago, many years ago, that might have been true about people having a hard time accepting it, but now it's like ho-hum. People have cell phones. They're taking pictures, videos, putting them all over the place. There's no doubt. And then, of course, the Pentagon did come out and say, yes, this Tic Tac sighting is real, and we don't know what it is, even though they do. But still, there's no admission that's occurred. And nobody really cares. It's like, okay. Well, and if you notice, during COVID, like the last two years when it was in the peak and that was the only thing on the news, if you'd scroll and scroll and scroll somewhere down there, there were starting to leak UFO videos. So it was a controlled leak and uh, fighter pilots up wherever coming in contact with them. So they were starting to leak that information, but they knew that it wasn't going to be seen by a lot of people because most people were just wrapped up with the COVID situation. Um, yeah. So... It's starting to come out, but it's awfully slow. That's for sure. Yeah, and I see they're they're trying to classify all of the UAP files now. You know, they renamed it. UFO is now UAP, Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon, and they're going to try to cla- classify all of them so we can't get to them. That's their next move. Mm-hmm. It's stupid. <laughs> so. Right. Because they like to, you know, they like to weaponize everything. They like to own it. They don't want us to have any direct contact. And I think that's why they've followed abductees around for so very long. And it's been uncomfortable. It's made it more uncomfortable for the abductees that have come forward, like Betty Andreessen and her husband Bob and so many other people that have been harassed and, you know, bad information was, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it has taken a situation that that really deserves an explanation and buried it further. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and people, I think you're right. I think a lot of people are ready. Um, not everyone. Honestly, my dad, he knows I'm a medium. He knows I connect with angels. He knows all this stuff. And yet when I start talking UFO, he's like, oh, that's a little fringy for me, Michelle. <laughs> so not everyone is ready to hear this, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, it's true. I know there are some people that that aren't ready. However, uh, if you look at television even, Ancient Aliens has been on for so many years now. And mm-hmm. so many shows, Project Blue Book, over and over again, remakes of that. Just There's been a lot. The X-Files, loved that show. That was great. So that many was things. a great people, one. Yeah, and people were mesmerized by it. It, it went on for a, quite a long time. So, yeah, I think people have learned that, yes, you know, this this is happening. The government's covering it up. 
And there are a lot of people I know that have had abduction experiences, and they don't want to talk about it. They don't want anybody to know because generally there's no upside to it. You know, they get made fun of mm-hmm. or they get their phones tapped. So, yeah, I can see why, you know, it's it's not something that that has a positive to it. But there are a lot of people that are courageous and come forward and talk about it and write books about it. And Travis, you know, did a couple movies about it. So people are familiar with the story, and it certainly, it certainly did happen. Travis has mm-hmm. got an amazing story. And Carl Higdon, oh, my God, he's another. Carl Higdon also passed away several weeks ago. And mm. Carl was the Wyoming hunter who had the UFO experience. And for him, luckily, the people in his town had so much respect for him, they believed everything he said without question because he was that kind of guy. Mm-hmm. He was a stand-up guy, no baloney. Is like, this is what happened. And they also had medical proof because before the abduction, his lungs were scarred. After the abduction, the scars were all gone. That's amazing. So there's that proof. And then there's also they took blood work, and they found his blood was so highly enriched, they couldn't figure out how that ever happened. And they had given him a pill to take so that he wouldn't be hungry. But it, what it did was it just enriched his blood in a way doctors had never seen. And then they also oh had goodness. the bullet because he was out elk hunting and he saw the herd mm-hmm. and he went to take his shot and he pulled the trigger and the bullet fired from the gun, but it, it hit something, something he couldn't see. And the bullet mm-hmm. was actually turned inside out. So they had the bullet for a while, and then Leo Sprinkle, who was uh, a professor at a university, brought it to the university, and from there it disappeared. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, so they lost that piece of evidence. But they have the other medical evidence, and um, his, his story, which is, again, very remarkable, but sad to say he did pass away a few weeks ago, and my heart goes out to Marjorie they were married forever. I mean, for over sixty-two mm. years. So it's a very big adjustment for her. But she wrote a great book about it, and you can buy it on Amazon. I'll look for Marjorie Higdon's book on the Wyoming Hunter, and you will find his entire story there. It is incredible. So there are people that that go on with their lives, and and it doesn't pollute. Uh, around them, but and he was one of them that just had this experience, told the experience, and then went on about his business. And that was his advice to all the other abductees too: He'd say, "Okay, you told the mm-hmm. story now, move on with your life." So I thought it was good advice. Well, I think it's good advice to many people in many situations, right? Because life happens, yeah. um, and then we get through it, and then we keep going. We do. We do. And we're in very tumultuous times now. I mean, these are really crazy times. I can't believe what I'm seeing. I didn't think I'd ever see this kind of thing happening in our country. And yet, this is what's happening. And <clears throat> I don't know. What are you picking up on with this war thing, the threat of nuclear war, um, 
China taking over Taiwan. Are you getting any messages from your spirit guides on this? You know, I wouldn't say I'm getting direct messages, but I'm getting energy. I'm not feeling a fear about nuclear war, so I don't think that needs to be in the front of anyone's mind. I am feeling like there is, um, you know, a, a, a chance that China will want to take over Taiwan. Um, I, I feel like if they decide they want to do that, that'll probably happen this year. Uh, but especially while we have everything going on with Russia and the Ukraine, because that creates a distraction for the world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yes, it does. Yeah, so I, and I don't want to say distraction. It's not a distraction. It's horrible. It's a war. People are dying and all of these things like that. So it, it's much more than a distraction, but it takes the focus off China for now. Yeah. Yes. So we're not watching as closely. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh, my. And what is what do your guides say about the overall state of the United States government right now and what's happening? Do they have any comments on that? I would, I, what I would say is this. Obviously, things are shifting. Here's the thing. If we're watching the news, whatever you watch, I don't know, Fox, CNN, whatever, um, you're getting painted a specific picture. But what most of us don't realize are all of the behind-the-scenes work that is happening, not just with the human form, but with the spirit world. And so overall, I really will tell you this. Humanity is working on elevating and upgrading to a higher level but there's a lot of dirt right now that we're trying to shake off and move through. So I always say, like, think of it as shaking off your picnic blanket when you stand up. You're, like, shaking it off, shaking off the dirt, the crumbs. Things have to move and be changed so that we can fold it up and put it away nicely. So we're in a process. This process has, um, you know, been very difficult on some people. For other people, it's been easier but it is a process, and at the end of the day, each of us, what we can always do is hold our own light and anchor that into the earth, and by anchoring in our own light, that's how we are helping to raise the vibration for others. Yeah, I think that's that's the challenge, and it's not that easy to do because there are so many things in addition to think about, like being prepared. I mean, what if? the grid goes down, mm-hmm. or we do have, it could be a natural disaster. It could just be something happens in an earth change. And are we ready to take care of ourselves? And prepping is freaking exhausting. I mean, my friend and I yeah. live out here in the middle of nowhere. We were talking about that. We had what she called it, prepper fatigue. I'm like, that's a great term because you know, our minds were, were just running in the direction of, okay, do we have enough beans? Do we have enough rice? Do we have enough this? Do we have enough that? And then as we're getting these things to store, and you also have to keep track of how long of a storage date do they have. And by mm-hmm. the time you, you know, cycle through one, do you have to throw out everything? You just It just gets to be a lot of work. So we were laughing about that, mm-hmm. about how exhausted we were. <laughs> Just, you know, getting ready to take care of ourselves if anything did happen. I mean, they're talking about the food supply going down. And certainly shelves have been bare on and off, enough to make you wonder. So, you know, there's a lot to consider. And you think about, I think about all the different types of things I like to eat and how many of them are not local. So it's, mm-hmm. it, it was an interesting conversation we had that day about 
trying to make yeah. sure we were independent. You know, we're independent. We can take care of ourselves. And then, oh, my God, this is so much to do. So I give yes. a lot of credit to, pepper, to preppers who know what they're doing, and not like me, but who Absolutely. know what they're doing and you know how to store eggs for a year by putting mineral oil on them and all kinds of very interesting techniques like that. So, But, you know, there is something that is kind of weighing on people right now is we can't rely on the government or whatever to take care of us and will our cities remain intact or not and there's a lot of people living in these cities and what's going to happen with that so many questions not a lot of answers that's true not a lot of answers right now but i think there's there is a balance that we all have to walk which is being as rationally prepared as we can be but not driving ourselves crazy and staying up all night and losing our quality of life over it. Because when we lose our individual balance, we are shifting the balance of the consciousness. So that's kind of what I was saying earlier about anchoring in our light to the earth, raising the Mm -hmm. vibration of all. The same thing with individual balance. So as I'm individually balanced, it balances the people around me, right? And there's a ripple effect. Um, If I'm over extreme in any area, there's a ripple effect with that too. And so it's, so I think it's good to be prepared within reason and to, to have some ideas, but I don't think that that's actually where you want the focus of your life to be because you'll lose the quality of life that you're living. You know, that's a very good point, and it is easy to lose that, extremely easy to lose that when you're getting ready for some potential disaster. So, yeah, I mean, COVID was a disaster in a lot of ways too, and Yet, you know, people found ways to come out of it. And it did change a couple of things that were really good. Like now you can get medical care over video call instead of having to Mm -hmm. slump yourself to some office somewhere. You can just do that by meeting your doctor online, which is excellent. I love that. And a lot of people that could work from home are still working from home because they enjoyed it. So there were some positive things that came out of that. So that was a good I think a good thing of in change, but a lot of the other things weren't so good. <laughs> so the fighting, That's the infighting, who's vaccinated, who's not, you know, all of that insanity. Right. Exactly. I mean, there, but you're right. There were definitely good things that came out of that. And there's never really been a time in history that I can recall where the whole world has been given a reset button at the same time. But COVID provided that. Yes, it did. I mean, look at all the wildlife that started walking down the middle of the streets in Europe and, you know, just totally changed that. Water supplies started to get clean. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. there were a lot of resets like that. So next week, I know we wanted to talk about this. I promised we'd do it at the beginning, but we had some changes. As anybody's tuned in and wondering why we're having a conversation tonight without our guest, Dr. Jeff O'Driscoll, it's because he had a family emergency that actually took him back to the emergency room. His father fell and broke a bone, so he is he was unable to join us. So next week we have as our guest Corey Good, who I've been wanting to have on the show for a very long time. And Corey is heavily involved in UFOs, Antarctica, 
just so many topics, and we have so many questions for him. He's very knowledgeable about the government involvement, and he was the producer of The Cosmic Secret, and he's he's done a lot to really help people understand all of this. And he's had his own experiences, which are just so remarkable. I mean, they they walk that line of, is this real? Did this really happen? Because it, it's so interesting and so exciting and so very different than a lot of what we've heard about the UFO phenomenon. So Corey is going to join us next week, and that is going to be a very exciting show. I cannot wait to talk to him about all these things. So Yeah, me we too. Got. It'll be amazing. Yeah, I hope he's going to share some information on Antarctica because there's a lot we've heard about it and it just sounds absolutely wild. I mean, we've heard from John D'Souza, the former FBI agent, that in Antarctica there are these giants that are in stasis. They've been in stasis for, I don't know, thousands of years. But that's why all of these militaries are there, military troops from around the world are there. And I guess at one point we heard this story from two separate sources that there was an event that made them evacuate the area. And it was because Mm -hmm. one of these Mm -hmm. giants was coming out of stasis. Really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that exciting? I can't wait to talk to him about that. That's very exciting. (laughs) It's like, who are these things that have been sleeping, (laughs) sleeping down in Antarctica. I want to hear, who are they, and are they ever going to come out of stasis? I don't think they can stop it. I'm sure it's an advanced technology. So there's so many stories that have come out of the Antarctica, and we want to hear more. We want to know what in the hell's been going on down there. I mean, there's all kinds of things about Nazis that went down there after the war and partnered up with aliens. And, mm-hmm. yeah, all kinds of things like that. Wow. So, yeah. yeah. And well, we have no idea what's really going mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to remember. There was a book written, um, and it had to do with, like, the Evan aliens that came here. And it talked about Antarctica and World War One, and that that was when they started noticing, I believe, that activity down there. Oh, okay. I have to think of the name of that book. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so many mysteries. And, gosh, I really hope Corey is going to lay it on the line for us so we get to learn more about it. But I know there was a production team that went missing. They, uh, don't think they found, yeah, where the the camera equipment. And Mm -hmm. they would not, the government wouldn't turn the tapes over to the company. They wouldn't give it to mm-hmm. them. So there were there was footage that was taken by these people on the production team that disappeared. And so the footage was recovered, but mm-hmm. not, it wasn't given back to the company that actually did own it, you know, paid for this, this whole thing. Yeah, government has it. Wow. And then they that's, also that's had to pick up... mystery. Yeah. And then there's another mystery where these scientists had disappeared. They were... They, this 
plane went to pick him up. They couldn't find him. They went back again. They found him. And the scientists sat in the plane, and they wouldn't say a word. It was like they were in total shock, and they wouldn't talk, mm-hmm. wouldn't say anything. Hmm. So what happened to them? What did they see? Yeah, we need to, we need to get them on our show. <laughs> I would like to know what happened to them. Yes. I mean, these are the people, these are the the people that have had one-on-one personal encounters, good or bad. They saw it with their own mm-hmm. eyes. They had their own experience. Those are the people we'd like to talk to. So if you guys are listening tonight, get a hold of us. We'd love to have you on the show. We want to know what's going on and what happened in Antarctica and what's still happening in Antarctica. So, but we'll mm-hmm. hear from Corey, and I'm sure he'll fill in some of the blanks here. But there's all kinds of talk about, you know, Mars. We've had troops on Mars. I mean, <laughs> it just goes on and on of what's going on behind our backs here. Yeah, I know. So, yeah. I mean, it is interesting because I think there has been so much uh, that has been hidden. And, and I know people, too, who personally believe there are already colonies on Mars. You know, psychics, yeah. people who are energy readers and stuff like that. Yes, absolutely. Who are like, are you kidding? We've been there for at least 70 years. <laughs> okay. Oh, good see? And they're saying it, too. Wow. Mm-hmm. And where are they getting that information? Is it just that they pick up on it or do they know people? Um, they're saying that they are picking up on it, but also remote viewing is a, ten- a technique some of them use. And you can really oh, okay. remote view anything. It's not doesn't just have to be on planet Earth, right? Um, yes. So they've been using remote viewing techniques. You know, speaking of that, there are some remote viewers who do some regular podcasts about, and I know we talked about this too, who's really in charge. And there was someone on Coast to Coast recently that you and I have discussed that we'd like to get on the show that claims to know basically that there's four entities in charge. And what they're in charge of is like one's in charge of media, one's in charge of all this pharmaceutical medical stuff, and, you know, on it goes. So you have these four categories. And they're basically these two groups, the remote viewers and this gentleman who I think is former whatever, CIA, FBI, whatever, um, are saying the same thing, that it is these four entities that are running the show. And I know you've all heard the story of the red ants and the black ants and how they can live together in a jar until somebody shakes the jar. And when somebody shakes the jar, they start fighting. And so the question is, who's shaking the jar? And according Mm -hmm. to these folks, it's it's these four entities that are doing that now. Who they are, where they're from, they're not human, is what we've been told by a number of people. Um, it's, It's a very interesting question, and it does feel like it's there are a lot of puppets around that are following orders from these four. Mm-hmm. So, we yeah. need to they've get out of that jar. matrix. Pardon me? Yes, they've been shaking the jar for, they have been shaking the jar for a very long time. Um, because there's yeah. always been conflict in humanity. Always. Yeah, that's a big bummer. It's, <laughs> aren't we supposed to be living <laughs> a whole different life? <laughs> yes. Yeah. 
So there, there's something wrong with this picture. We have the experiences like you've had, you know, crossing over three times, which is so incredible in and of itself. But you come back with your heart full of love and understanding for everybody. Then there's the rest of us <laughs> who have no. not had that experience. <laughs> but really, it's so it's so celestial, it's so otherworldly, and yet you bring back this beautiful energy with you that a lot of us can only imagine. And and that's the yeah. truth. And- and and it's almost hard to imagine it because even when I'm describing my NDEs, it's hard to find the words because it's it's as though the words water them down because it's yeah. so much more um, than the words even give it power to. So it's very it is it's a very challenging experience to to share. But here's what's really important: that's every bit as much alive and real as these other things in this world. And actually to some degree that's more real than most of the stuff on the earth plane. Mm -hmm. But how do you maintain it? I mean, you are always so light sharing and so loving and kind and you've had these experiences. So I know you can draw on on that, but for most people that's Mm -hmm. an incredible challenge because we don't have that. You know, we don't have the NDE. We can't draw from that incredible, unconditional love that you've experienced so many times. So what do you, how do we have this? How do we kind of shift our perception? Because we haven't touched that, and that hasn't touched us in a way that we know. Right, and, and it really is that. It really is shifting the perception, the perception and what do you want to focus on. So throughout the day, just, Think about in an hour. You're given many, many opportunities of things to focus on, many opportunities. Do you want to answer this phone call or do you want to let it go to voicemail? Do you want to respond to that email now? So some of it is really your energy about choosing to pick and focus on things that feel good, things that are for your highest good, things are in a vibration of love. So we have options. Now, obviously, I'm human. I get bad days. The dog sometimes throws up on the floor. The kids get sick, you know flat tire, life happens. Um, So it's not that I can do that all of the time, but as as we create the world around us, we can build in opportunities or reminders to take us to those places that feel better and that energy that is around us. And then also another thing that's really helpful for that is starting to research NDEs, is looking into people who can connect with spirit on the other side. Because I think what happens is we come to earth and we feel like we are living this life alone. And it's truly an illusion. None of us are living this life alone. We each have a spirit team with angels, life guides, loved ones, and spirit around us, helping us, supporting us, wanting us to stay on track. But we kind of have a veil between us and them. And so unless we're really trying to tune into it or look through the veil, it's easy to believe it's just you, you're here, and it's you against the world. But that's not the true story. Right. It isn't. I know you're right about that. And it's it's like I just wish there was a way that we could all feel that incredible, unconditional love that you felt when you passed 
without having mm-hmm. to have an NDE. I mean, it's like right. I don't without I don't want trauma. to fall off a ladder like you did. God bless you, and uh, you know, end up in the hospital to just to have that experience. But it really is a God given experience. It's something that we should be able to have, be able to touch. But it's it so, so it seems like it's a million miles away. And yet it's not. Isn't that crazy? That's the illusion. It's right here, right now. So it's like yeah. the sun. Um, if the sun, where you know, it's always there, and and the sun is shining, and it's right next to you. And so even though it is literally ninety three million miles away, the sunlight is right here, right now. Depending on which part of the planet you're on, right? It could be nighttime, but yeah. the sun is still there. And yeah. and so that energy is always there. And here's the other thing. This is the thing with the universal love, that unconditional, you can do no wrong, true love that I felt. If we all went and stood in our front yards right now, I wouldn't be taking the sunlight from you and you wouldn't be taking it from me, right? Because there's mm-hmm. more than enough. And that's the same with this love. There is more than enough. So it's not like there are some that are loved unconditionally and others that aren't. It's truly an endless supply for everyone. So think I love about that. The person That's you wonderful. love. Yeah. And think about the person you love most in your life. And then think about the person who has made you feel the most loved. And feel those feelings for a minute. What it feels to give that love and what it feels to receive the love. And maybe it's the same person and maybe it's different people. But then you take those feelings and I want you to multiply them by. Just try to imagine a million. And that's still just a drop in the bucket compared to how we are loved by source. Wow. So feeling that in every moment is a gift, if you can. I mean, you have a memory Mm -hmm. of it, which is so amazing. You know, it's a gift that you have that memory. So the rest of us kind of have to construct it. And I like the analogies mm-hmm. you're using, the sun, and it's always there, and it's always shining, and it doesn't take away from anybody else sitting in the sun. So that all is it's wonderful to hear that and imagine that. But for us, it's imagination. For you, it's, it's mm-hmm. real experience. Yes. Yeah, it's just, it's a fact. <laughs> it's a fact for me, and, and it does. It, it changes. It changes your life, and and that's why so many people will talk about you cannot come back from a near death experience and be the same person. It's impossible. You can't know what you know and feel what you feel, and then come back and choose to live the life you were living. It's truly impossible. Now, what that looks like for an individual will be different depending on who they are and you know what their life plan is. But you can't come back and be the same person once you realize um, that this vehicle that we're in right now is just a really small piece of who you are and that the love for you is so unconditional. And, and the fact that in my three NDEs, I was never once judged or told like, oh, Michelle, you really messed up. You should have done this instead. It was all about love and learning and growth and experience. Yeah, and it's it's so different when we're here and we make a mistake. I mean, yeah, I mean, if we we make a misstep, we're very quick usually to come down on ourselves for it. And and if you don't, yet, you have five other people around you who will, right? Oh, God, <laughs> oh yeah. they messed up, right? 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going to talk about that for a while. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That will be on your, you know, your yearly write-up or your, your, you know. Yes, exactly. And so, so it is. It's very much the human condition to feel like we um, judge ourselves and judge others. But on a soul level, that's really not what this life is about, that, that none of this is about being judged from a higher power. This is truly about your soul coming to play in the magic of life. And by raising your vibration and learning your life, your life lessons, you're helping others just by being you. That's nice to know, definitely. And, and the other thing that's important is in your near-death experiences, at least I know the last one, you were given a choice. Right? Do you want to come back or do you mm-hmm. want to stay? So right. that's that's incredible. So there was nobody saying, "Well, you got to leave right now." But I'm sure that there are some times for people when they pass that that's it. Right? It's just that's it. I, You're yeah, not going back. I, I believe so. I believe a hundred percent. And I and I also believe that some souls come and they very often will plan a date that we give ourselves exit plans or exit points where we can say, "Okay." here's this near-miss car accident in case I decide to check out at this time, and here's this, and here's this. And so we kind of build exit points or opportunities into our life's plan. And then depending on what's going on, and at that point in time, we either take them or we don't. But I do not believe everyone is given a choice because I believe for some souls, this is really hard to say, especially as a mom, but for some souls, their lives are complete, very young. Um, and, and, and that's not necessarily that I, as a mom, would ever find comfort in, but there are some old, old souls that come here and they just need a handful of years or they don't need mm. the 80 years to, to learn their lessons. And so maybe for them, the set checkout date is a very young age it's right. because it's done on a soul level. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, that is really interesting. And I know it's heartbreaking. For any parent who is a, a loss of a, an infant or a child, it's I can't even imagine mm-hmm. such a thing. Although people people go through that all the time, but that's interesting. That it's just a part of their plan. Sometimes it definitely is. I agree mm-hmm. with you. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, I'll tell you something. Mary Ann Shanafield shared with me, and she said she could tell when people were going to die because everybody has three clocks. And when those clocks mm-hmm. all have the same time, that's it. I thought that was wow. very interesting. Yeah, very interesting to see. That is so, oh, my God, you know, talking with you is so much fun. I'm glad we didn't have our guest. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Because you're so insightful. It's just, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. I hope everybody in the audience enjoyed it as much as, as I did. So... <laughs> Anyways, uh, yes. we will, I know we're going to try to get Jeff back and get him at a time when there isn't some kind of family emergency. And next week, as we discussed, we will have Corey Good here with us to go back to UFOs, Antarctica, all kinds of, of, of things that are here on this planet with us and we may not know about and things out in space we may not know about. So I can't wait to talk to Corey next week. And I also want to give a shout-out to Debbie, his assistant, who did an incredible job getting us all the information we needed, the beautiful photograph and, and all the other info to have Corey on the show. 
And again, everybody, uh, this should convince you you need a reading with Michelle so you can get to the deeper levels of your own soul's path. So michelleclaire.net, go ahead and contact her there. You can also find her from supernaturalgirls.com. Her contact information is there as well. So, oh, my goodness, this has been wonderful, Michelle. Thank you for hanging in. You're so welcome. For Thank you. Yes. Unplanned show. <laughs> but that's how anyway, sometimes unplanned. <laughs> that's right. Totally unplanned. But we, hey, we had good sound quality too this time. I'll take it. It's a win. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody, we will see you next week with Corey Good. And until then, we'll see you on the Blue Highway. Good night, everyone. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another radio adventure with Supernatural Girl.